we go. Oh, yeah, baby. Here we go. It ain't for 10 time now. Here we it go. It ain't for 10 time now. The climb will continue and will start at the first rung of the ladder. Well, we already had the first rung of the ladder, if that's what you call it. That's kind of a step. The big step takes place Sunday night. Sunday night. Indeed it does. Welcome back to another episode of Seminole Sideline 365. Uh, thanks for meeting us on a Friday. We know it's an unusual time, but it's an unusual week. We have a game on a Sunday. It's a long weekend. Half day at work today. So we uh, thought we would uh, give you a special Friday show so that you can enjoy it on uh, your long weekend here. I have my coffee, as you can see. So it's been a long day so far, but we're excited to bring you a show. Uh, yeah, we both have our uh, our beverages of choice here uh oh, yeah, so we maybe. will be getting ready for the weekend but yeah we have a lot of news for you from not just uh, florida state and talking about this matchup uh a lot of uh breaking news from the world of college football that we'll get into real quick here uh and we got a special guest today too yep uh we we are supposed to have a special guest here and if uh, they're able to make it it'll be great and we'll talk about the matchup with them here in a uh, 10 or 15 minutes um but yeah how's everything going on your end hey, everything's really good everything's really good it just rained like i mean it really came down like tropical storm here in central florida but no lightning so it didn't knock anything out here which should you be which, driving down to new orleans well you know what i decided to drive yeah. to my 70 inch screen yeah. tv in my golf cart which i Tweeted out there, everybody. Not a true fan. Not a true goes, fan. Oh, it's the best seats in the house, baby. But listen, I do. Those people who are going, man, they're going to have a hell of a show. And you know what? Since I'm not there, I got to celebrate right here, oh, baby. There go. I'm, putting there out, go. I'm putting on my there beads right here, baby. There Look, I'm getting them on. Go. I got my beads on. Look at these things, man. Look, I got one more there right here. Look at this. There we oh, go. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. And I got my new shirt. Oh, See there we that? go. What's that shirt say? Are those uh, Seminole Sideline 365, all things FSU sports. Can we Got order this? I Can we order this? I opened my door last night. It was sitting right there. Thanks a lot, KB. KB sent that out to me. It was a big surprise. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy the game right here in my living room. And a lot of fans are going to do that. A lot of fans can't just pick up and go, you know. Yeah, and, and, you know, hey, we're in a recession, baby. No, you ever heard of the word recession? Yeah, okay. But, we don't need to talk about that. But Let's this is going to be a great game. This is going to be a great game and a great, great matchup. But we got some other breaking news just coming on the air that uh, uh, Brandon Marcello uh, broke on Twitter. You yeah, want to tell so, us what uh, that is? Yeah, so if you haven't heard already, uh, breaking, sport, uh, breaking news, front office sports, and a bunch of outlets. Uh, yeah, college football playoff is expanding to 12 teams as early as – as 2026, that is when the ESPN deal is expiring with the college football playoff. But uh, the commissioners of that committee have come together and that have uh, overwhelmingly voted to expand the playoff to 12 teams. Now, we don't know what you know all the little logistics behind that are, but it, it, they've made that decision now. So we will have 12 teams okay. instead of four, and in four within four seasons uh, or five seasons. You know, four or five seasons, which is great. I think it's a great move. Obviously, it's no, a no, no, move. four or five. It could, it could be twenty. Well, not at, at, minimum, at, at most after next seasons. season. Yeah. Oh, oh, I guarantee it'll be. So we're, we're four seasons. Up. They said, yeah, they could move it out because it, obviously ESPN wants to get move this up because it could double the amount of revenue. They said uh, that they could get within well, within their media contract. They could double their the amount of money. So 
the numbers that they were throwing around is that within this contract that ESPN currently has with the college football playoff is that they generate around $470 million a year on average from this exclusive contract they have with the college football playoff. And that if they were to, you know, expand the amount of teams to 12, that it could double. So obviously ESPN is incentivized to push up that deadline to get it to 12 teams earlier than when their contract expires, but also, uh, College football play, playoff is too because they want you know they obviously want to make money for those those schools as well um, and for everyone involved in the committee because uh, the committee is made up of uh, you know basically ambassadors um, uh, from each of those schools too so so they see the uh, they see the benefits in that as well so I like you I, I believe that this will probably be enacted within the next couple of seasons rather than four uh, just because the money involved is as well as all these conferences are renegotiating their contracts and people are moving around. I think the deal will get done sooner. What, what are your overall thoughts on this happening today? Yeah, I, I thought it, I, it wasn't surprising to me. I'd seen this earlier in the week talking about them getting together and, and pushing something forward. And, you know, it's about the money. I mean, yeah. this is this is about money. Come on now. You yeah. know, they, yeah. they, oh, yeah. they yeah. the old school, uh, uh, the athletes, allegiance to one school and 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 we're all cheering for them for four years and. And everybody's doing for the goodwill of the student athlete is over. No, this, I, I don't this, think this wait, wait, wait a minute. It's over. Okay. Now, even this, even the commissioners got together to put this forward. They're going to put this forward as early as 2024, which means not this year, obviously. Yeah. Not next year, but the year after. Yeah. And every year they push it out, they're losing big, big money, which is important to a lot of schools. But it's interesting. It was the commissioners plus Notre Dame. That's mm -hmm. the power of Notre Dame. And now Notre Dame, who they use, remember we used to say they have to get into a conference. They need to get into a conference and a conference championship to get into the playoffs. No more. No more. There's six spots right there for them to find their way into. And most years, most years, they're going to find one of those six spots, period. And and how do you think that this plays into the whispers this week? Uh, and this article also kind of mentions it is that, you know, there was a discussion about, you know, more and more about the power, the you know, power conferences breaking away from the NCAA and creating their own kind of super conference. How, how do you think this coming out now, this voting on expanding it to 12, because let's be honest, you know, the four, the four teams, you, you're, you really don't see anyone outside of another Dame and independent get in. You're not going to see some of these smaller conference teams get into it. Uh, you know, that go 12 and 0, like the Coastal Carolinas, like it's really hard for them. Now, with 12, you potentially could see it, but how do you think that this expansion of 12 helps maybe these conferences breaking away from the NCAA or, or, or does it not really affect it? What, what, is, what is your opinion? I think it could affect it. I think there could be an effect. I think, I think anything's possible at this point. I just don't know the inside of the legalities. No, most of us don't. You know, we bring this yeah. from a fan perspective. It's really the legalities of what you can do and what you can't do, I think they're as well as the finances. Huh? Yeah, I, and I think they're trying to figure that out. So yeah, I think these commissioners of the SEC, you know, Big 12, Big 10, they're still trying to figure out what they can and cannot do with the NCAA because I don't know if they really they, – they have a team of lawyers there, children. So. The question is how much power does the NCAA – actually have left and what is their purpose that is what has to be defined you have to have some sort of independent objective referee so to speak yeah. to govern the rules of 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 
we can call it college football. It's played at the college level, but it's yeah. basically the, you know, as I've been saying a long time, the minor leagues of the NFL, how are we going to govern these each league, each conference can't have their own set of rules on, uh, you know, uh, on all different types of things. Yeah. So I think they have a, a role, but I think it's going to be greatly diminished. And they're not telling people how and when games are going to be played or how many people are going to be in the playoffs. They're out of that. I don't think they have any power over that. Exactly. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I'm, I'm really interested with this announcement if, you know, in the coming months and, and we'll, we'll, you know, things will probably slip out. But now with 12 teams, how does that affect who gets a slot to this? Because right now it's the committee goes away and they, they evaluate, right? And they nominate which teams are, are going to go in. And, and some teams are pissed off. Some teams are like, you know, the, there's their, this, their, their formula, right, of how these four teams get in. But does it go back to that style of, okay, you know, the SEC is going to get two slots in the playoff, you know, or each of the conferences get an automatic bid into the playoff now? Like, I wonder if it reverts back to kind of like the BCS where, you know, each team gets one slot to each of the bowl games. Uh, and, and that's how, and kind of how it still works today with some of the bowls that aren't college football playoffs. But does it go back into these power conferences? They want to come together and create the SEC wants to have all the best teams because so they can get three slots into the playoff. And the Big Ten wants to have the best teams so they can get three slots into the playoffs or four slots into the playoff. Like, how does that go into these negotiations as well when they're looking to, to establish this playoff? Because with the NCAA, I bet they would put restrictions on that. Now, if they create this outside of the NCAA, you know, the college football playoff committee could create whatever rules they want with these conferences potentially. So I, I wonder, it's gonna, I, I, it's gonna get very complex. Some people are gonna be left down the cold with this. I feel like I, I think some people see it as oh, twelve well, teams. Now, now some of these smaller schools get in, like the Coastal Carolinas, if they go twelve and zero, or you know, uh, the BYU, you know, the BYUs, or, or you know, if they have a really great season. Yeah, but that's no always been. I don't that, think it's gonna K, happen though. I think KB, it's gonna, KB, that's always been. When we had six, te- if we had four teams, the number five team would be screaming. Yeah, yeah, if we have, yeah. if we have uh, six teams, then the number seven is screaming. Yeah. Now we're going to have the number thirteen screaming. They didn't get in. Yeah. There's always going to, but this gives you a better run at it. Okay, yeah. for yeah. other teams that you said something about the six conference champions are of the they're going to be in. Okay, six conference yeah, champions, high, sixth highest ranked conference champions okay be specific and then six at large teams those other six could possibly two or three could come from one conference yeah yeah two or three if if one conference like the sec or the big 10 or somebody is having a good year two Mm -hmm. it's very likely two teams could come out of there i mean it could be the champion and the runner-up in a very close conference championship game uh, they could be in there just like we see that in the playoffs now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, and that's what people want, basically. Yeah. You want I, the best teams in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I think that's, uh, yeah. I, yeah. And I think, you know, obviously the fans are going to be super excited about this. Oh. You know, I, 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 you know, outside of everything else, business of it, stuff like that, I think people love basketball. Uh, you know, Mark, because there's more teams and potential for upsets. And, you know, with 12, you'll, you'll see more of that uh, uh, dichotomy uh, of matchups. And you could see a 12 seed over upset, a, you know, one seed at some point, you know, it won't happen in the first go around, but you could see more of that 
upsets in you know in in December. Uh, so I think everybody will, will will get on board at some point with this. Yeah, I, I I think this story is big, and I think this story about realignment continues to be big. Yeah. And these things are going to leak out over time, but it's going to happen. And I think, as we've said, Florida State will leave the ACC. That's my prediction. Um, that's not your prediction, but it is my prediction that they will eventually find their way out of the ACC. Yeah, I think this, you know, when it, these are just signs that help with that transition at some point because you're going to want to be in a conference that. Yeah, that, well, well, we can discuss this further along uh, as more news comes out. All right. Time. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's dive in now to what we are what we everything really this, cares about right here. Yeah, this this is what's on the table right now, bro. What everyone cares about this weekend is what I'm calling the Battle of the Bayou, which isn't real original, but um, that's but better yeah. than the uh, backyard brawl, which I was tweeting about last night. That's a good uh, game. You know, good if game. that announcer, I watched that Pitt West Virginia game. That's the only game I watched. It was. It was a good good, it was a good game. game. It was, a great, it was game. a great game. But if that announcer. He sounded like he was about 15 again. Why do you? you know, it's kind of like the FSU. Why, why do you hate young Duquesne. people? Why I don't do hate people? young people. But if he, I was counting him. He must have said backyard brawl 43 times when I stopped counting. Okay, right. now, and I did make a mistake. I tweeted out. I said, oh, God, I, I hate it when we play Pittsburgh, when we play Pittsburgh this year. And then, of course, I couldn't get it off fast enough as I stepped out of the shower. Some of our loyal we don't viewers play and fans, I know, they say, we don't play Pittsburgh. And one guy one guy helped me, though, one of our listeners, uh, I forget who it was. He says, well, maybe in the conference championship. I said, that's my man right yeah, there, lady. That's my man, lady right there. <laughs> so that was my mistake, and I take accountability for it. Okay, yeah, yeah. But Pittsburgh looked pretty good. You know, they look good enough, you know, and they're the defending ACC champions. With a new so, quarterback. I know. With a new he, quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He looked he looked pretty, pretty good last yeah. night. So I, yeah. I think they got something to be excited about. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, we're going to we're going to dive into the conversation now, like I said, about LSU and Florida State uh, this Sunday. Um, and we have a very special guest with us. So, uh, Bruce, I'm going to bring her in. And why don't you uh, give us uh, an intro? Hey, Leah. How hey. are you doing? Hey. Hey. How are you? Good. It's nice to meet y'all. How are y'all? Uh, we're we're good. Look at Leah. Look what I got on, man. I'm ready. You see? Oh wow! Yeah. I got my beads. I got my beads. Where are your beads, Leah? You gotta have the beads. Uh, yeah. Mine are in a bag somewhere. Uh <laughs> yeah, mine were in a drawer somewhere, and I had to get them out of that drawer. Hey, uh, Leah. We, no we cheering have, in the press box, though. Yeah, yes, exactly, true. exactly. Yeah. Leah was Leah was really funny, you know. I reached out to Leah because Leah has definitely got more inside knowledge about LSU and the LSU Tigers and that whole program than we do. Okay, that's that's an obvious Leah. So I reached out to Leah and I said, "Hey, Leah, can you join us in the studio?" And Leah goes, "Studio? I'm right here in Baton Rouge." <laughs> yeah, and I used the wrong words there, but uh, that was kind of funny. But Leah, listen, we appreciate you joining us here. We know you are a, a very busy person, and listen, I just want to shout out to you and uh, all of your fans and listeners out there too, because I bet you got a, a, a big stockpile of them, and that is you've got quite a resume. You got quite a resume in the world of sports here, and and and, and as a as a writer, you started. Now you tell me if I'm wrong. You started at the Daily Texan way back when you 
were uh, a student uh, in college, and then you worked your way out of there and made some career decisions. I think you started in biology. You were going down a uh, medical route. Uh, yep. And congratulations on being a cancer survivor, which I am too. I think yeah. that's, that's, that, that's, that's the victory right there. That counts. That. Yeah, that counts more than anything. You go on to uh, uh, Mason City, Iowa, uh, at the Globe Gazette conference. Oh, you're getting it right. You're getting yeah, it right. Yeah, I am getting it right, baby. I did my homework. <laughs> I did my homework, except for that script I did last night about uh, the pit game. Uh, and then you uh, you were the first woman beat writer to cover the Hawkeyes, the Iowa Hawkeyes. That's, that was, that's, yeah, that was, um yeah, from Iowa, I went to Colorado and I worked at the Steamboat Pilot. Steamboat um, Pilot? Yeah. I, I know Springs. Colorado Springs very well, so Steamboat and the ski slopes back yeah, in my younger yeah. days. Yeah, and then I went to Northwestern for, after that, and then I got the Iowa job. But oh, yeah, okay. I was for eight months. The yeah. Iowa right I saw that. Then you had a, uh, yeah, as you said, I think in your resume there, you said, I got a call. I got a call and it was, I couldn't turn it down. It was to come down to Baton Rouge and cover the Tigers. Correct. Yep. Yep. And you cover the Tigers now for, you cover football and baseball for the advocate down there. Correct. Correct. Hey, got that's, it all right. Well, that's great. Well, that's great. Well, we are, Super happy to have you on the program. Now, my here's my first question for you, Leah. Here's my first question: How is the Randy Rogers band better than Toby Keith? <laughs> Light years, because yeah. uh, <laughs> Texas country above all above Nashville, and I think Toby Keith is overrated. <laughs> I love her already. We we say on our show, and our theme is really. No sugar. We don't add sugar to anything. So you, yeah. Can, yeah, you can fire away. You don't have to soft toe it with us. And we love that. Okay. I'm let's never going to Tallahassee, but I heard it's kind of country. It It is country. You know, every Friday night before a home football game, uh, we have a, um, I don't want to call it a tailgate, but downtown at Social yes. Madison, we have a band and almost 100% it's country. It's country. Not good country either. No, no. Well, don't say that. He's not a KB's not a country fan. You know, I don't know what kind of fan he yes, is. But we have country. we do have good country, and it is. It is a great city. And uh, you know, I've been associated with the program since the 1960s, Leah. Well before you and KB ever found your way onto this earth. And I've seen the ups and downs of that city. But yes, we do have a lot of country music in that area. We're gonna dive into this, Leah. Yeah. Let's get into it. Far away. The, the Brian Kelly era has begun and will officially begin when that ball's kicked off. I think it's 730 on Sunday night. Uh, what's your take on the fan base receiving Brian Kelly down there? I think they will welcome anybody who will win football games. And um, so, yeah, like he's been a, obviously like, all the headlines about family and like, you know, the TikTok dances. It's kind of everybody's over that at this point. His fake like, accent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're just kind of like, you know, all right, well, let's see what he can do. I think they're so used to having somebody that, you know, shares their culture, which 
Quite frankly, they only had Ed as their head coach for a couple Ed, years. Ed, Ed, why about to do my head? Oh, yeah, uh, so he wasn't winning football games, and yet when he got fired, they were all like, "Oh, well, goodbye." And it's like, <laughs> well, okay, yeah, he had a national championship, but like, also y'all are like under five hundred. So, um, yeah, so they they're like optimistic. I think um, you know, there's probably still some skeptics out there, but so far, like, he's really kind of um, restored the order in the program and everything. I mean, he's from like the bot from the ground up. I mean, he's reorganized everything. Everybody in the organization knows who they're reporting to now. And like in the past, like, you know, some, there were assistants who were like, I don't know who I talk to. Do I go to Ed? Do I go to like somebody else? And so, yeah, like my colleague Wilson Alexander actually wrote a huge uh, Brian Kelly story today at the advocate. You can check that out, but um, yeah, it's, um, so people are pretty optimistic. I think, you know, I think they're just eager to see what he's going to do and he hasn't really revealed a lot. And I think that's what's making people a little bit anxious. Yeah. I, you know, that initially when he got down there, there seemed to be some rumblings and it wasn't confirmed or anything about, and I think you've addressed that a little bit is how does this guy who has never coached or recruited? Well, I won't say recruited, never coached below Cincinnati, Ohio, get down in the, to the bayou and fit in down there with these folks? Does he just sit down and start eating crawfish dinners and gumbo, and that's going to make him fit in versus a, uh, you know, Saban who was down there or even Jimbo Fisher who was, uh, you know, an assistant down there, and, and they can talk that language like Coach Bobby Bowden used to. And it's well, a big in terms of recruiting. How is that – is that going to be okay? If he wins, well, right? It's important to remember that Nick Saban and Les Miles were both from the Midwest. Well, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, um, yeah. So, like, people kind of forgot that. And it's like, wait a second. Like, Nick Saban came from Michigan State. Uh, mm-hmm. He was not a Southerner either. And Les Miles was born in Ohio. So, <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, how is he going to fit in the SEC? Because we're all used to, like, basically – a coach coming from a Saban tree, a coach coming from, you know, Lord, whatever, like somebody's tree to kind of come down here. But, you know, I think what Brian Kelly has done and he's doing well with recruiting right now, and he's brought in a lot of recruits and um, especially some of the top guys in the state of Louisiana, he landed a four-star offensive tackle yesterday. And, you know, obviously LSU has all the resources to put on like quite a big charade for recruiting. Um, But not only that, but recruits feel like they're getting exactly what they like. They know exactly what they're going to get with Brian Kelly. I think I think that and I I have to confirm what and agree with you uh, right there is Brian Kelly is a proven winner. Okay, you know, he's he's proven himself on a national level. And then he has. Probably, you know, better resources there in the South, there at LSU, than he really had at Notre Dame in a lot of ways. Well, and that's part of the reason he left was he was like, I want the nutritional program. I want the technology. LSU has one of the best kinesiology programs in the country because they are able to actually run experiments on athletes, mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. students or anything, but just these like, are approved. Like, now these are approved experiments. <laughs> they're not experiments. Yes. Yeah. No, like, no, they're like, it, it's in it's, you know, Jack Marucci, who's kind of head of the sports development program here. I mean, he will, 
he can identify, you know, what eye dominance like an offensive lineman has and how that will play into a blocking scheme and stuff like that. And so mm. these are the kinds of resources that Brian Kelly has always wanted and he never thought he would get. And he asked for it at Notre Dame, but they didn't fund it or they didn't have they didn't invest. And so mm -hmm. this is an opportunity for him to win a championship. And like, really, it's not that important for him to be somebody who loves crawfish and loves shrimp and all that stuff, which he does. You know, he likes his food. But like, the thing is, is if you win football games, you fit in. The, the bottom line about this fan base is the way you fit in is winning. Like that is all they want because they live, breathe, die LSU sports everything all the time and they'll feed you and that's fantastic mm -hmm. i love that um and, you know and i'm from texas and even louisiana is a culture shock for me <laughs> but you know like it's it's really not that hard to fit in like like the people are very nice and welcoming down here you gotta remember this is the south this isn't this isn't the midwest okay <laughs> i've lived in the midwest all right <laughs> Is there yeah, any but, and on that and on that note, like you said, they want someone who wins because winning fixes all right with Brian. He has a track record of success, but I think the thing against his record, albeit at Notre Dame, he could never win the big game and, and brightest lights got to the playoffs in the biggest moments. His teams always flopped and flopped hard. Absolutely. Beat by like, Bama, big time. Did, is there any apprehension among the fan bases that, you know, oh, he had a lack of you know facilities to the Notre Dame? He had the talent, though. He could no, just he never didn't. get over. It, no, he Because ah. he, had, he had to work around, like, a GPA requirement. Well, I was going to say the academic and requirements. Are I have to agree with Leah on this, KV. I, I agree with her on this one. You also, like, he doesn't have the recruiting ground that, like, a Louisiana does. Indiana's not only are you yeah. getting Louisiana, you're getting Texas. You're getting Florida. Mm -hmm. You're getting mm -hmm. Alabama. And I'm sorry. I've seen high school football in various parts of the country and it is better down here mm -hmm. and if he's at an order dame he had to recruit nationally so he had you know maybe some of the top kids from individual states like you know out of you know he didn't even necessarily win like indiana as a recruiting state you know yeah. like he still has to compete with purdue he still has to compete with indiana you know mm -hmm. it's here it's like the only thing like louisiana the top guys usually want to go to LSU. Mm -hmm. And if they don't go to LSU, they get poached by Bama. So that, mm -hmm. and then it's like, okay, we'll, we'll go to Texas. But you mm -hmm. know, like Houston is four hours away from here. Mm -hmm. So Houston is not only like a big, like haven for, for high school football players, but there's just so many of them. Yeah. And I think that I did a story on this and how, like, I think um, five, there were like six, like there were, I'm going to mess this up and I need to find it, but there were like the most five stars came out of that, out of all the five stars in the nation last year, the mm. most five stars came out of the city of Houston. Wow. So, wow. You know, well, let, let me, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to add to Leah's uh, uh, answer there because I online watched a, uh, a, a program, a YouTube program, and it was a guy. I couldn't even get the guy's name. It went back and forth. And somehow I just couldn't come up with it. But it was called. It was called after further review. He was the host of it. Uh, yeah, Matt Moscona. Yeah, Matt. He totally ripped Notre Dame. I mean, I've never seen a guy rip Notre Dame and basically said a lot. What we've been talking about here is that that 
that that that Notre Dame is just living on the four horsemen. You know, they're living on this tradition of of, of the, what they used to be and how they used to be back in history and trying to recruit on that. He even ripped their town. I mean, this guy really went after him and uh, basically said what we were just kind of talking about there. Leah, let me ask you this. Miles Brennan walks away from the program when he doesn't get the starting nod right away a few weeks back. What was the story on that? What's your insight on that? Yeah, um, he, yeah. I mean, basically what we learned was that he was not going to be the starter. It was going to be between Garrett Nussmeyer and Jaden Daniels. And, you know, him being, you know, a six-year senior, he was like, well, what am I staying for? He's like, he's engaged. He's going to get married. Like, he has things to do. Um, And, you know, I think Brian Kelly had said he'd, like, come back and compete for the starting job. And he did well for a while. And But, like, at the end of the day, he didn't win it. And so he, he didn't think it was worth sticking around for. And he's gone through a lot of really serious injuries. And so I think also at that point, it's like, mm, it's not really worth the risk of injury and stuff like that. So he, I think he was pretty content with walking away. Um, you know, the thing is, is like Brian Kelly has a history of playing multiple quarterbacks in a season and as yeah. many as three. Yeah. And, and like last year. So I was kind of like, you know, if you suck around long enough, you probably would have seen the field at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even mm-hmm. if you weren't starting, that means mm-hmm. nothing under Brian Kelly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Who Who's going to start the game tomorrow, uh, Sunday night? We don't know. Oh, come on. You don't, don't know. know. <laughs> Brian knows. Brian no. definitely Brian knows. knows. The yeah. team knows. And yeah, he yeah. told us in the press conference yesterday, he's like, yeah, the team has done a really good job of keeping it quiet because I don't want him to tell you guys. Yeah. And we're yeah. like, cool. You know, it's not like we're, we've been here at every practice. And, you know, the thing is, is we've seen Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer taking stabs with the first team. And he has this philosophy that, like, well, 60% of the snaps – and during practice go to the first team to go to the first team quarterback the starting quarterback and then 40 percent go to the backup so that way they both get reps right Mm -hmm. um a good amount but also like he himself claims he claims that the quarterback competition has been close enough to call that he really didn't know who it was until sunday and so um you know, they really have both, which is kind of an advantage because they both have been practicing with the first and second team players. And so whoever steps on that field has chemistry with everyone at this point, which I think is pretty advantageous. And I think also he's trying to maximize his chances of winning. And he's like, look, I've got a new staff. I'm new here. We've got some transfer players. Um, why don't I, and he's like, and I know that the pressure is on to win at this university. I'm going to give myself the best chance possible to win. And that is to make it a little bit hard, a little bit harder for Florida state to win. And so by doing that, your team has to um, prepare for two quarterbacks who are very different. Um, Jaden Daniels, if you don't know, transferred from Arizona yeah. state three year starter, yeah. which like, most of us suspect is going to be the guy who at least takes the first couple of snaps. I think that we're going to see both quarterbacks of this game. I think that's definitely likely, but Jane Daniels is that dual threat guy. He can run and he does have a pretty good completion percentage from last year. It was much improved. It was around like 64%, I think. Um, But he's probably not going to be like your deep 
thrower. Although, like, I've seen him throw some good ones, but, like, it's not as accurate. So he'll probably throw those, like, screen passes to the outside and stuff like that and the flats, and they're going to play with a tight end. We know that for sure. Um, It's either going to be Mason Taylor or Cole Taylor, and both of them have been doing extraordinarily well. Um, And then when you look at Garrett Nussmeyer, that kid's also pretty mobile. He's a, he's a kind of guy who will scramble out of the pocket and he's, but he's not going to be like, you know, a Jaden Daniels kind of dual threat. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he is the more accurate thrower when he's throwing downfield. And the thing that I've studied, I did a huge piece on kind of the history of offenses that Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock have run separately and together. Mm-hmm. They do like to throw the ball downfield a lot, but then Mike Denbrock, obviously coming from a program with Desmond Ritter, loves a mobile quarterback so you really don't know who it is hmm. interesting interesting yeah. um and get and and given that who do you think needs this game more we we believe I we need it more question. do you think brian kelly needs this game and lsu needs this game more than florida state needs it objective think, now take I yourself think, out I think florida state needs it more 100 I mean, Mike Norvell is on the hot seat. I mean, I was on that Twitter space, like, fire Mike Norvell last year. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Hey, that, cut her off right now. I want her out. That was that a, that Twitter was a for comedy, you. y'all. But I feel for y'all. I'm a Texas fan. I mean, I know what hopelessness looks like. Jimbo. Uh, no, we hate Jimbo. That's the guy who put us in this position. Well, I don't like Jimbo. I mean, I don't you know. I, I mean, I'm an AP voter, so. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. no. Exactly. Yeah, well, Uh, Yeah, I I think we all agree. Florida State really has more of the pressure at this point because the coaching staff's been together longer. Uh, You know, our quarterback is now this is going into his good second year. Maybe some people would say maybe his third year. And, And this team now, it's been hyped that this is a huge game. The last time we were down there for a huge game, you know, I'll bring this up. 1999 against Virginia Tech, man, when we're playing Michael Vick and we win the national championship game. This this is going to be, I say, one big game for us. We have a series of big games. This is one of them for us this season. But it's it if Florida State loses this game, and I have picked them to lose, that's how we don't add sugar here. KB has gone the other way, is they have to lose close. They have to be very competitive in this game, and I think that'll be okay. But it puts more pressure on the three other big games. We play Florida, we play Miami, we play Clemson. We have a tough schedule. We cannot get blown out by anybody, or that is a clear, as Mike Norvell says, a non-growth step, you know, so – that's my opinion. I and just like it's coming full circle that we're playing the last bowl game we went to was against Jaden Daniels, and we're playing them again for a, to put us back on track to get to our first bowl game again. So I yeah. think I think it'll be funny to play them again uh, for the first time. But let me add this. Uh, let me add this. I don't think LSU can afford. It's their first game. There's always coordination issues with a new staff and new players. I don't think they can afford to get blown out either in this game. I don't think it's got, I don't think any team's going to get blown out. But if they did, that could raise some voices down in the bayou. Well, you know, it's if they did get blown out, um, it's the first game too. 
and uh, it's the first season. And, um, you know, I think there's a little bit of wiggle room uh, on that. You, you know, fans will be upset. People will be upset. But, like, even Scott Woodward himself, said, the athletic director, said, you know, this isn't not this isn't going to be an overnight fix, it's, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you bring in the number one transfer portal class. You do all you could. But this isn't – these kids, the majority of them, were not recruited by oh. Brian Kelly. I mean, he's still learning their names, right? <laughs> uh, so, like, he literally messed up Colby Richardson's name. Oh. He's a McNeese uh, transfer corner. Uh, and he kept calling him Kobe, like Cody Dickerson or something. Oh. <laughs> and uh, I was like, this kid's going to be the starting corner and, like, the head coach. But he finally figured it out because I think a radio host made fun of him. And he was like, he came into a press conference. He's like, you know that Colby Richardson has been doing really well at practice. And, like, unprompted. There was, like, oh. no questions asked. He was like, yeah, nobody bothered wow. to tell me. But, <laughs> you know, I, I – even Colby was like, you can call me anything you want, coach, as long as I play. Like, yeah, I was going to say, as long as I'm starting. That's good. That's good. You know, the South, in terms of football, which you've already said, can it can also be brutal in terms of uh, analysis by us fan reporters, you know. I mean, it can, it can get really – it can get really heated down here. That's good. I believe the game's going to be one in the trenches. We say that a lot. That's cliche. But most of the time, it is. You know, I saw quarterbacks in the West Virginia-Pittsburgh game last night. They were running for their lives, both of them. I mean, a lot of times it looks like the offensive line, they just can't block anybody. And if that's the case, if that's the case Sunday night, we're in for a a real barn burner. And you guys, you guys not only, you have some very good skilled people, you know, to go out and catch some passes. You've got some good people there. If If you'll talk about them for a minute. But your offensive line, is still a question mark. It, it's certainly it's a it's a work in progress. There will be a, there's a true freshman at left tackle, Will Campbell, who's probably the only guy who has held a starting position since spring ball. Um, and then you've got Miles Frazier, who is a left guard. I think he's left. I gotta I gotta find that and just make sure. <laughs> That's all right. Yes, uh, he's left guard. Um, and he's a transfer. So, and then you've got a center. So the center is Garrett Dellinger, who's a sophomore. He played a little last year, but he's never played center, not even in high school. So he learned how to play center in preseason camp. Bad um, snaps. We'll get some bad snaps. Brian Kelly said he's been doing well, but there were some bad snaps here and there um, that we saw. But that was the last open practice like two weeks ago. So, I mean, they said that they're coming together, but – the objective will be for the quarterback to get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible because okay. of how young this offensive line is. So that is a weakness for LSU, at least a, a perceived weakness um, from what we've gathered. Um, you know, LSU really has most of its veterans on defense. All three of its team captains are on defense. Yeah. Two of them are from the defensive line and BJ Ojalary. Yeah, And you've got Mike Jones as the line, the lone linebacker. And then the other one, why am I blanking on it? Is it Mason? Uh, Mason? Somebody? Not Mason. Maybe uh, it's Mason. God, I, I, I forget. That uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll, I'll get that. Yeah, updated. It's been a long week. No, no, <laughs> but no, but we, but we're not that their defensive line is kind of a strength. At least defensive a couple of the guys on there, uh, their I'm defensive very, backs may be a little bit. I'm very interested because I obviously. 
y'all have three talented running backs. And I'm really interested to see how they match up against this front. The front of the defense is definitely the strongest for LSU. And um, I think, and you know, you've got Matt House, who as defensive coordinator, he's like literally coached linebackers to the Super Bowl. Right. Um, but the linebacker, the linebacker room is deep. The defensive line is deep. The secondary is actually, there's a lot of guys. We just don't really know much about what they're capable of doing in real game time. Mm -hmm. We saw some of them last year, but some of them are also transfers. And so we're also kind of eager to see how they play at the SEC level or like we've got a couple guys from Arkansas um, and, you know, we don't know like how they're going to perform also in the new uniforms and the new scheme and everything else. So, um, yeah, but defense out like, you know, as far as what we know, we know more about the defense than we do about the offense. And I, it's going to be a strength of this team, um, especially with that offensive line kind of being the weak point uh, the, the wide receivers. you got Kayshawn Boutte, obviously yeah. preseason All-American um, by the Associated Press. And then you've got Malik Neighbors, who kind of broke out last year in Boutte's absence, um, but now he's moved to the slot receiver position. He's very athletic. He can break tackles. He can jump over you. He is – I think he's going to have a big breakout season. Everybody's kind of anticipating the breakout season by him. Uh, they got a transfer in Kyron Lacey from UL down the road. Um, then they've got Brian Thomas, who got true – like he's a true freshman who got playing time. Jack Besh was – led the team in receptions last year he as a true freshman he will also be playing and he's a big physical guy he kind of looks more like a tight end because well mm. he used to play tight end so mm. there's that um and you know as far as tight ends we know mike denbrock loves tight ends uh cole taylor is starting mm. right now he's kind of that older guy senior or junior but then mason taylor they're not related um his dad played in the nfl uh, so he's kind of born and bred into football. And Brian Kelly has said, this kid is as good as any tight end I've ever coached in my career, which is yeah. huge for a guy like Brian Kelly to say. Yeah, that's yeah. scary. Yeah. <laughs> you got everything you need, yeah. but the offensive line will determine how well these players will play. And I well, think this, you brought this, up, well, yeah. I have one thing. I, I yeah. think you brought up a great point because we saw it last week against Duquesne, which is a, you know, a much less. Uh, uh, what are you talking about? Fun. They're a national powerhouse. Yeah. <laughs> but I think our big complaint last week is that our defensive line didn't get a sack against Duquesne. We should have gotten 10 sacks against an FCS school because, you know, we were blowing them out. But I think they were, in, they were doing some of that where they were getting the ball out of their quarterback's hands super quickly to avoid that pass rush. And so I think LSU may be, like you said, Leah, trying to may implement some of that is limit the pass rush, limit the blitz by getting the ball out quickly, because if you have a liability on offensive line, that's, that's how you can try to limit some of that damage is by like, like you said, whether it's screening the ball or, or dumping it down quickly to get it to those uh, skill positions. So it might, it'll be interesting to see if that's how we don't see the impact of say Jared verse on the defensive end uh, or, or some of our, or, guys on the outside if we can't get the blitz to the quarterback if they're just kind of doing that quick pass game where our defensive line really the our strength doesn't really make an impact on the game because of that quick passing game so it'll be interesting to see if they if they utilize that let me add a comment too to what Leo you're talking about to see these three-headed monster running back you know the, the, the we have a good running back room there's no doubt about it but this will be very interesting too because I'm, I'm looking to see too it's going to be our offensive line 
That has been the biggest problem over the last several years. So the last several years, the last year Jimbo has started, we haven't had a decent offensive line, uh, you know. In, I noticed in, y'all yeah. gave up 351 oh. yards in tackles for loss. Last yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was, I think, like one of the worst in the nation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a guy from Wisconsin to kind of improve that. Um, yeah, he way, went down with injury. Yeah, I figured out the third captain is Allie Gay. He's a defensive okay. end. I okay. That. But I think the key for our running backs now against better teams like LSU, okay, uh, is – how well does our offensive line stand up for the first time? So a lot of FSU fans are going to be watching that line and that play. And, uh, and, and if that doesn't roll well, it's, it's not going to be good a good sign. This will be a good test in that regard. I know we're running short yeah. for Leah. She put in more time than we <laughs> asked her to put in. Yes. But uh, let, who you pick? What's your pick on this game, Leah? Uh, I picked LSU to win. Um, sorry, guys. That's uh, right. What's your score? What score you friend? got on this? I I actually I because I I have maybe too much faith in LSU's defense. Uh, I did put and maybe too much in their offense. I put thirty-one to ten. Wow! 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 Okay. Wow! Wow! Uh, I'm probably wrong. It's probably going to be like thirty-one twenty-seven or something like, or maybe lower scoring. Honestly, I'm now that I'm thinking about it, like twenty-one seventeen sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I picked LSU to win by at least three. You know, that's kind of, and I picked that before we ever started. Uh, uh, three points. I think it'll be a tight game. I'm hoping it's a tight game. But I hope Florida State. But I'm picking LSU because I see it kind of as a home game for LSU, and I think that makes the difference there. KB, you yeah. have Florida State. I, I right? said Florida State 24-21. I, I do think it's going to be a close game. I, I do think that if we can, I do think we'll be able to. Well, it'll come down to contain the quarterbacks. I think we'll see a lot of running from Jaden uh, uh, on Sunday, and if we can contain him, I think it'll shut down the entire offense. So. Um, but I think it'll come down the fourth quarter, really. But I, I do see this one. And the last quarter. comment I have is if our quarterback, Travis, goes down, oh, it's th- then we yeah, start a new it's season. It's I mean, it's because we have nobody who's taken any reasonable snaps behind him. So yeah, we're talented enough to. So don't put out up. any bounties on our quarterback, you know. Okay. Last question, and then you're out of here. Have you ever had crawfish? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, not like raw, like a crawfish bowl. <laughs> uh, I've had crawfish etouffee. Uh, I've had crawfish in my queso, and I've had it in gumbo. So in queso? Kind of like, yeah. Actually, let me ask you an actual question since I was like some of the worst question to ask somebody in Louisiana. What is uh, one place that if no fans are in uh, New Orleans right now because it's sold out, they have a lot of fans down there. What's one place they should visit before game day? In New Orleans? Yes, in New Orleans. Well, I don't want to tell y'all because you know I <laughs> I have brunch reservations. Yeah, not your oh, spot, not your spot, <laughs> your backup spot. So let's uh, I honestly I haven't spent a ton of time in New Orleans. No. Uh, okay, That's yeah. Cool. That's um, so I'm still kind of new because I I mean I live in Baton Rouge and it's an hour, sure, but um, sure. shoot, I wish I had a better answer. I've been to some really good places. I just don't remember the names. Burger so. King. 
No. <laughs> hey, Leah. I don't Leah. think you can go wrong. Every restaurant I've been to in New Orleans is fantastic. I was going to yeah. say, they're going to take care of people this weekend. Yeah. So I, I beignet, think be get the beignets, get the sugar on yeah, top. Yeah, get the beignets. Get the beignets, man. Yeah. Hey, Leah, Leah, we thank you very, very much for joining us. You went overtime with us. We know you're busy, especially with this thing going on. You're going to be in the Superdome reporting, correct? Okay, if you're on the sidelines, get the hell out of the way. These guys are big, you know. Run. I'll be. Uh, I'll be in the press box. Good for hey. Awesome. Good for good to you. And and we wish you the very best of luck in your career. We'll stay in touch with you, and uh, we definitely appreciate you coming on here. And uh, go Knowles. Sorry, Leah. <laughs> Sorry, Leah. Gotta go. Oh, my the team. Nose. I'm yeah. just a <laughs> Thank you so much, Leah. You've been Thanks, amazing. Thanks, Leah. Thank you all. It. Nice meeting y'all. Okay, follow Leah. Yes, follow Leah, guys, on Twitter. We have it in the banner below at LVan underscore sports. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter. She's active there. And like you said, that's Leah Van from The Advocate. Uh, covers uh, uh, LSU Sports and Baton Rouge. Uh, and she's going to be there in the press box for the game covering them all weekend. So definitely give her a follow uh, with some great insights there. So we want to thank her for some very valuable insights yeah. on the LSU program with a new coach uh, over there. So yeah, we got our we got our predictions. She's predicting a blowout for LSU. Mm. Um, 31 mm. to 7, I believe she said. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Bruce has it a little bit closer, but still LSU winning. Uh, and I have us up by three, 24, 21. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be close either way. I, well, in uh, Leah's prediction, no, it's not going to be close, but I, I think it'll be close hopefully with no injuries. I, I think we can beat, but uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to see how it turns out. Um, well, so I, I think, you know, I, I, I want to add a few things. You know, I, in a lot of ways, her analysis was, I don't think it was biased towards LSU. She gave great insight into LSU. She gave us a lot of information uh, that was was interesting. But it kind of tracks in a lot of ways with some of the things I fear the most. All right. And uh, and that is, I think, you know, she's like I said, she's interested in the running backs. We are, too. This is not going to be 100 yards per running back. This game, hey, nobody if we get 125 yards out of three of them total, we have a good chance to win this game. If we get 130 no, yards, 135, we have a chance. Now, add on some from Jordan Travis running. If he adds on 50 yards, that's 175 yards rushing. That could be enough to win this game. The thing that scared me that she talked about is – how their offensive coordinator and how Brian Kelly, they love the tight ends. And I remember those tight ends in Notre Dame. Notre Dame was and, a, is a tight end factory. Oh, my that's God. Great, you know, great. I don't get why why we're not using tight ends. Maybe Mike Norvell. We don't have offenses. the talent. We don't have the talent. Well, you, you can't have the talent if you don't throw the ball to the tight end. No tight end is going to come here. They don't want to come here just to block people. You know, they that's they they, they got to get video on catching balls and, and, you know, and O'Leary, you know, this guy was a weapon. If if they're not fearing your tight end, they're saying the tight end is not going to beat us. He may get one or two catches. That's not going to beat Once us. Once again, last week, though, very vanilla. So we don't know. They may plan to use the tight end this week. Like I, I said, sure last week, so. you can take it with a grain of salt. I, I sure hope so. But this game is going to come down to the cliche, which we hear in football all the time, the battle of the trenches. This is going to be the first test of this Florida State rebuilt line 
okay, that everybody is expecting now is ready to go, is ready to go. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, just to, just to wrap it up, I think if, yeah, if whoever can protect the quarterback better is probably going to win this game and whoever can establish a line of scrimmage, you know, to allow the running backs to, to control that is going to win, like you said. I, I, if they cannot give Travis a clean pocket, if he's just scrambling around the entire game, it may work out in the first half, but for the second half, it, he's not going to be able to do it by himself. So they have to win the line of scrimmage and they have to be able to give him time to throw the ball, hand it off. If not, yeah, this game is going to be doomed. Yeah, you know, football, as complicated as coaches and offensive coordinators and defensive schemes want to make football, it comes down to certain things. But they, and that control up front, either defense or offense, you win right there. I think, you, yeah. And I think you complained about Jared Verse being smaller, but it, it, it may work out to their advantage, him being more athletic to be able to contain the quarterbacks in this scenario. Yeah. I think they're going to be able to, they're going to look to run those guys a little bit more than we, than we, when, than we think. And so having more athletic tight uh, defensive ends may be our to advantage. Um, and cause they're, they're trying to replace production running the ball. So I, I think we may be good in stopping the run, but we have to be able to contain these running backs or like these quarterbacks uh, in their run ability this weekend. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that wraps it up. I do have a couple of more news and notes to, uh, to go across here before we wrap up for, uh, for the weekend. Um, so I'm going to share some with you uh, and get your thoughts on these. The first article that I thought was interesting um, was an NIL deal. So we talked some NIL news last week. Got another one here. Uh, mascot NIL yeah. deal. The first one of its kind. Um, so this is brought to you by Learfield. <laughs> this is the first, a mascot. We got to have a little something to laugh about, folks. I, it's a weekend. Um, so Bucky, the Bucknell, Bucknell's mascot got his the first ever mascot deal so basically he's getting uh sponsored by a bank uh the first credit union first federal credit union they're paying him just to come up to events uh in the community and, and this is just some kid is being he's the mascot and he's getting he got that go. he's not even an athlete he just puts yeah. on the suit gets money it shows up to, to do these uh, local events within the within the community of the university. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Like I think it's good. I everyone's think, getting know, in on this deal yeah. now. Like everyone you the act. Well, yeah. it's about uh it's about student student athletes. I mean if my nephew's he, watching, I think he should uh, look into this in college. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's right. Uh you know, we talked about uh we talked about the paying of the student athletes for good grades. Yeah. Well, you know, this is a wide open avenue. There's, as long as it's not illegal to do something, why shouldn't it? Why shouldn't the uh, why shouldn't Chief Osceola on Renegade get an NIL deal? He's he's maybe hard to put a patch somewhere. Like you put an the, ad on the horse, that would be bad. That would what's be the bad. difference between Bucky the the beaver there, okay. or whoever he is? Because it's a bison. It's not a no, live horse. What, what are you going to put a big McDonald's logo on the no, horse? No, that would what, be what we're saying is what we're they're not going to do that. But they could still be sponsored. They could be sponsored. Well, and 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 be done that way without a visible patch. So that goes into my next thing: sponsorships. Yeah. Yeah. Another story that came out was at Vanderbilt. I don't know if you saw this. No. They uh, just sold their rights. This comes from Saturdays Down South. They just sold their naming rights for the first time in school history. Uh, this is and, yeah, logical step. And this is something that Florida State has refused to do. Um, and every year it comes around. Well, Florida State needs money, you know, to fund mm -hmm. all these other activities. They still have refused to sell the name rights of Doe Campbell. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, another where did you see that? I've never read that that they've refused to sell. Where every, have you every seen single it? year it comes up. It, it trends in the summer. That. The athletic department wants money to build these new facilities. Why yeah. don't they sell the naming rights to it? Yeah, yeah. You don't I, think I, I could sell overnight. No, no. So? I know. I know they could. No, what I'm saying is, it. I think it's probably the last thing you want to do is put Why? someone else's name on your house. Well, it's tradition. This is what we talked about: tradition of college football. We have tradition at Florida State. Okay, and now we're selling it all in a in a firehouse sale to make money. Let's let's not let's have something that we can stand by until we're really we're gonna lose the program. Okay, then we'll sell. Then then we'll put the name on the stadium. Are you willing to increase? Are you willing to increase your booster donations by a thousand dollars so that they don't have to sell the rights to Joe Campbell Stadium? I don't think that's a. I think that's. I don't do. Uh, what does the president say? I don't do uh, theoretical questions. Well, I don't do well, well I don't that's, do that's that. how these yeah. universities get money. They have yeah. to sell sponsorships. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I think it's interesting, but I think it's the last thing a university should consider. And I, I'm a little surprised. Vanderbilt. That's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a very prestigious school. They must have a very prestigious alumni. I'm sure they got a lot of lawyers coming out of there. Well, that's what I'm and, saying. And, and so on. If it can happen to Vanderbilt, it can definitely happen to Florida State because, like you said, they've been around a long time. And uh, yeah, you know, who we should go after. We should go after Attorney Ben Crump. You know, his office is in Tallahassee. Morgan, now, that Morgan. guy's flowing in a lot of money. Morgan okay. and Morgan Field. Yeah, Morgan and Morgan. More than nah, I don't like that. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not liking that. Let's. No. <laughs> I think that would be funny. I did, hey, you know, back in the day when we were one and ten and zero and eleven, I guess well, you you couldn't sell the rights uh, or the stadium, or they would have done it. <laughs> here, here's something related to stadium talk, uh, and they don't have this at Florida State yet. The first, uh, I I know when when you go to a when you go to an arena, you go to your your Tampa Bay or whatever Florida games you go to at Florida State. How how do you find the concessions at uh, Florida State's at Dokeo State? Do you slow big lines? You know, how, what do you usually get there? Do you find the process to be time consuming? Ah, I think it, nah, you know, the only one I remember I had a problem with was at Nat Stadium in Washington, okay. D.C. I bought a couple of hot dogs. You know, we bought some hot dogs and we went to get the ketchup and the mustard. There was none. There was, it was just the beginning of the game. There was no condiments available that annoyed the hell out of me we're walking around looking for condiments the hot dogs are getting cold we finally find these little packs you know when you squeeze out the relish it's all juice that annoyed the hell out of me but most of the time no okay so what's the new idea skip the well, line well new technology is coming well, to universities that could become a joe camel stadium someday is basically you can order from your seat and basically, your mobile app pulled out at your seat and Joe Campbell. This, in this case, it's starting at Missouri, but basically, they're going to have these food lockers and food screens. So you can order from your phone <laughs> on the app. So you can say, I'm on a hot dog and nachos. <laughs> then you go pick it up from the locker. <laughs> no, no touch, no anything. You can, you can, uh, five minutes before halftime, you order my oh, hot dog. I then go to the stand. No lines, no lies, no, no, no yeah. cash. Well, it's I think you're right, KB. I think you're right. This is the future that it does annoy the lines, can annoy people. Yes. I mean, because you're really thinking, what time do I go down there? Because if I go at halftime, it'll be a nightmare. Yes. You know, it'll be a total nightmare. I think this is know? a great idea. I think yeah, it could idea. be. 
you know, maybe they need little robots that fly in with a drone and drop it right to you in your seat or something. I, I think this is all you need right here. Well, I, that's, I well, I think the, it probably is the future. But, yeah, most of the time it is a little bit annoying to people. But, yeah, the Nat Stadium is my number one okay. complaint. Well, I think Dope needs to, to look into that uh, right there. A couple more stories before we wrap up here. This one I really liked, um, you know, because not directly related to, to Florida State at all, but um, – but they did have just recently upgraded the lacrosse team. So you could see some stuff like this. Um, I don't know if you saw this story. Um, former lacrosse player Jared Bernhardt makes a uh, Falcons roster. So you're seeing more and more of this of cross, you know, you see basketball players get drafted in the NFL. Uh, but I thought this just is a really cool story about, uh, you know, uh, a guy that won basically Heisman Trophy of lacrosse. Gets but drafted he played football too. Yeah, he he did. He played football fair yeah, state. He played both. Um and and he played the cross there and, and made a couple of transfer moves around uh during his time in college. But he was, you know, won a D2 championship and stuff like that. But he was a quarterback. Um and, and then made this transition to uh to the NFL and yeah. made the roster. So Good for him. I think this like like it shows you, and we talk about here all the time, it doesn't matter where you play in college football or you know what position you can make it if you have the talent. Right? And I think Yeah, that's I mean, well, we see that we see that uh a lot with the two-star athletes in college. You know, Deion yeah. Sanders comes to mind. Yeah. And and then one of the best ones ever, Bo yeah. Jackson. You yeah. know, I mean, when you talk Deion Sanders and a Bo Jackson who were doing it at college level, and then they were doing it in pro sports. I mean, they were the seasons overlapped in the pros. He's playing baseball. He flies yeah. back, plays the game Sunday for the, you know, and then, you know what? That's pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean that's that, that those uh, are the true we call everybody a superstar now. Tom Brady's a superstar. Well, he is, okay. Oh, but yeah. when a guy's doing it, he can play baseball during the week, fly in on Sunday, play football, and then go back and play baseball. Pretty damn good. That's really your super superstar. Absolutely. Okay? And then the yeah. final thing, final thing I have to bring up based on last week's game day, and then and then we'll let everyone go. Does and I brought I texted you this and there was a big thing on Twitter about this. All I think Florida okay. State fans were bringing this up and yeah. and of course, I I gotta get your thoughts. Does Lee Corso need to go? No, uh, I, I love I, Lee. I, I love I, Lee. This yeah. was this was yeah. mixed. A lot of people said they it's abuse. They need to get them off the air. It's sad. It's like watching Dick Clark on New Year's. It's, yeah, it's yeah. How many of those fans may be saying that about me that don't like me on this <laughs> show? Maybe you're thinking about that. When's it time to get Bruce off the show? Well, you know, maybe man, he screws up now and then. I don't check something right. And I send it out. You know, well, how many fans are saying that? Uh, maybe next year, Bruce, or we can, you know, he'll give him a short segment and get him the hell out of there and, <laughs> and bring on a. Uh, a really good person like uh, uh, Leah, bring Leah on. Maybe Leah will come on the show and, and do it, you know, and get rid of the old man, Bruce, you know? No, Lee stays. Lee stays. I hope they, I hope they start running him off the green screen at that house. The travel must kill recorded. the guy. It needs to be pre-recorded. No, not pre-recorded. Let it do that. You know what? That's the fun of it. That's the fun no, of No, people are making fun of him. I think Who that's is making fun of him? You yeah. see the Twitter stuff, and it's bad. And and yeah. I, I, I think they should pre-record it so if he makes any mistakes, they can just edit some things. Like you said, he he is that show. He built the game day show. And I think it's good. He brings energy to it. But he's 87. It's, you know, a 
as long as he wants to be doing it, I think they should allow him to do it. Okay. But when I get to be 87, am I done? Is that it? Is that the magical date? Well, or, is, uh, or maybe, maybe, when, what's, maybe what's you, you and the producer can get behind the scenes and force me out. When you don't receive your contract renewal, you'll know it's the. Yeah. It's the yeah, that's it. That that's fans, it. fans, write to KB <laughs> and the producer, and 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 tell them what you think. You want me? You want Lee? Oh, maybe he's too old. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for now. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel. We always appreciate seeing new subscribers. Like the video; that helps with the algorithm. And uh, if you if you can't make the show always live. Uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, uh, so you can listen to the show on your commute, on your weekend drive to wherever you're going this weekend. Uh, you can listen to all the audio because, uh, yeah, that's the best of it. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for everyone who stopped in. Enjoy your long weekend. We'll Sunday see everybody night, on Sunday post night. Post-reaction yes. show after the game. It'll be late, but we're all going to be juiced anyway. Okay. So you may only see one of us up. depending on how the outcome is. No, 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 no. Look. So, yes, right. join us for the post-game react on Sunday night. And uh, everyone, have a great weekend. And hey, we'll see you soon. Thanks to our subscribers out thanks. there. Thanks yep. for all our viewers. Appreciate Thank it. you for, uh, you know, uh, uh, your motivation. Uh, we appreciate it. We love what we do. There's no charges here. There's no fees here. We're not asking you for any money. Thanks for being with us. And be sure to follow us on Twitter for the latest news. And, and podcast. Notes. See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.